Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy, here with my friends, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, hey. Hey, it's middle week. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. Good. Snowing again. Fantastic. So I was lucky enough, we didn't mention this last week, and as I was watching the snow pile up after the podcast, I was just admiring how nice the Christmas lights looked with a layer of snow. And I was wondering if you guys had a chance to to decorate your guys' houses. Um, I'm going to say a hard no. Are you planning I on doing any? S- I still have a skeleton up and corn husks, so I'm not giving up on <laughs> November yet. Like, not yet, no. You could just I put a Santa so hat. It's like the, so night, the nightmare. Was that uh, Tim Burton? Nightmare Before Christmas? Christmas. Is that the theme you're going to go with? Yeah, for pretty Christmas much. I was going to put a Christmas hat on the skeleton. Yeah, there That's you what go. I told the kids. Done. But yeah, I, we still have a purple light on our purple light on our tree. So Sounds it's, good. And it's been on for like months. Not not for Vikings, but for Halloween. It better not and be then, for um, Vikings. My wife wanted I'll, to go. I'll kick that thing down. Right. My wife wanted to go uh, get our tree on Sunday, but I suggested we don't so I could watch football all day. Ooh. So hopefully she doesn't listen because I was talked into starting a new family tradition where we go to a tree farm and I physically cut down a real tree so i was hard i was hard why would you do that and you, i was hard in our town we have like a like a shop full of nice trees like christmas story like you just go pick your tree i know i i, I suggested that and it was a no-go that's where we've been going the last was, four years so i was hard against any real tree just because like we travel and, and do a lot of things and i just feel like a real tree is something i'd forget to water and the family would forget to water and then before you know it my house is on fire it's not gonna go on. It, it's so not. What do they give you to cut down the tree? Do you uh, have to use? So you can bring your own tool. Which next mm. year I'm going to bring a sawzall. <laughs> For sure, going to bring a sawzall. There you go, Tim the Tool Man. <laughs> I was wondering over here. because they give you. They, they have a rack full of uh, saws. So I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's nice. It's like, it's like whatever else. Being being trying to be a nice dad. I I told the kiddo to go grab. Pick, pick me out a good saw. <laughs> so he goes and grabs one, and I think he just liked it because it was a pipe saw. Right. He was like orange. <laughs> it was a nice orange one. I'm like, ooh, that's nice. And I go to like touch it as we were riding on a. They take you out on a tractor, like a flatbed tractor. It's it's really nice. They go out to the. So you you don't walk mile. out like Christmas vacation. No, no. like 400 yeah, miles. There was no like going underneath cold. a semi with a log on the back. There was oh, no like going boring. over this over the snowbank flying in well, midair. This is the last year you do this tradition. This does not sound like fun. I know, and and but we lucked out because it was the day before the big snow, so it was already it was still 40 degrees, so it wasn't terrible. So we're riding out there, and I I'm feeling the saw as we go out. And I'm like, this is dull. This is not going to be good. So we so we walk out and we try to find one. We walk for a while and it's it's going pretty well. The the kids found a nice one. Cutting it down took a lot more effort than I thought, but it really only took like two minutes. Like there was a video, but <laughs> Monica's just sitting there laughing um, while I was cutting down the tree because it's probably anticlimactic watching it back on a video because you're like, oh, sawing, and then it's like a minute and a half later, you're like, it's still being cut down. I know. When you said you had to cut it down yourself, I was thinking an axe or a chainsaw would be too much of a liability. So, like, yeah, what no. could they give you? And just Yeah, just... I'm, really, I'm surprised they don't make you sign a waiver before going out because 
Yeah, I, I guess because they're providing that that saw, so I, I suppose they're kind of liable if you cut yourself. Well, that's it, why you don't get a chainsaw. Oh, two... there's there's people who did. There's people carrying like their their big old chainsaws. I'm like, is it that necessary? You might as well buy one from like the the neighborhood one because that took all of like half a second to cut those down because the trunks aren't that big. Right. Those people just wanted to go play with the chainsaw. We were also lucky because the 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 catch or what everybody warned us on when you go out to the the tree farms like that and you're in the middle of nowhere the trees look smaller than they do once you get them in your home so we were pretty conscious about doing a little bit of measuring and making sure that the tree wasn't overly oh, wide yeah. you got to do measuring spot. yeah we've we've done that once we've had to cut cut a lot more off the tree yeah. <laughs> because we were, our eyes were too i could believe it because there's some people that i was looking at their tree tree and i'm like there i don't know where they're gonna put it because it had to be at least 12 feet tall. See, but at I've least. always wanted to do the idea where you where you take a tree that big and then you cut off the, the top like three feet mm-hmm. and then you actually install that on your roof so it looks like the tree is going through your roof. I told Monica, yeah. I told Monica like, we might as well make a tree viewing room. Like, let's build it. It's it's, it's why we, why, while we're doing this whole new tradition, why don't we just add an addition onto the house and make it like a 15-foot tall glass, like three seasons room type thing and just have a giant tree sitting in it. There yeah, you go. Get, perfect. Yeah, my brother has an addition on his house that has really high ceilings, so he's able to put up like a 15-foot tree. So maybe some people just have some crazy space where you have to fill it's it a lot all of with the tree. I, I hope the guy put it on like, because the tractor comes back and you can you hoist it on there so you don't have to carry it all the way back to your car. And I hope the guy like throw it on and <laughs> I just joke with him like, oh man, this is going to look nice in your house. He's like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to cut this in half. <laughs> I was just like, oh man. That's awesome. It's like once you get it stood up and you're standing next to it holding it, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, yeah it was all of 12 feet. I couldn't, I don't know. Well, you're a, a more motivated man than I am because I have done no decorating yet. Oh, tiny bit inside, I guess. There's a, there's a little bit up. Yes, we had a few things outside, but yeah, I was lucky to get it done just, just before it was really starting to snow last Sunday. So last episode, we had a couple corrections, of course, because we always have corrections. What? Not us. Yeah. Well, not you. I don't, I don't think you had any. Didn't we lay off that corrections department? I don't know. I'm I'm just laying into you, I think, <laughs> this week. <laughs> so a correction of a correction. Vin Baker played in 1993 to 1998. We didn't we were really unsure we're when Vin Baker played. Guessing, I think yeah. we did say mid nineties. So I, I loved Vin Baker and I, I thought he was at the on the Bucks team a lot longer than five it years. It felt like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean a, he's been a coach for a very long time, actually. It's amazing how childhood years feel like forever. Yeah. Definitely. And it's not. Nope. Andy, you mentioned the Gophers having Lawrence Maroney and Marion Barber. That was the year before the 2005 Axe game. Yes. Uh, Minnesota had Gary Russell, of course. We all know him. Gary That's Russell. A, oh, the running back. He is famous. He scored a touchdown for the Steelers in one of their Super Bowls. Oh. Yeah. Did not know that. Your mind is great, Mike. Yeah. He had a big season. He had like 18 touchdowns that year with Lawrence Maroney. Minnesota used to be running back you. Do you just read a sports almanac? To go to bed? I don't really do anything else besides read sports. Name a TV show and I've never seen it or I'm 10 seasons behind. <laughs> Fair enough. Andy, you spelt over O-V-E-E-R the first time. And then, I, you, did, then you actually corrected yourself. And spelled I did. It and I knew I spelt it wrong the first time, which is why I quickly spelled it again afterwards. But can't, I just want to say, me. whoa! I just want to say though, what? If you're gonna call me out on that, I really got to call you out then on your like stumble and bumble <laughs> of butchering of Christmas, Christmas. 
that was that was just I as can't bad. Say Christmas. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have I have troubles with some words. I I like to mumble. Yeah, so we all it was, it was we like, all we all it was mumble. Christmas. Like Christmas. thing we have a podcast. We're all mumblers. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have let's have a podcast so we can document our terrible speaking. Well, that's why we have correction department. Right. I said um Giannis shot 34% last season. He was actually 34% his first season. He thought shot 30% last season. So I think that was getting pretty technical on that one. I would yeah. I would have forgiven you on that. I had, yeah. I had it, it'd be nice if you could shoot something. 30% I didn't want Andy to be the only one. So on how here. so how well is he shooting threes this season? I think he's up to 12% possibly. So he's mm-hmm. off. Have to look. So he's he was off, at 11. So he's off his I mean, career. Games happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, Andy, winter meetings start December 9th. You said they were in progress. That's because it feels was, like December. The, the feeling I thought about, this is maybe what I thought I was hinting towards, like that it was coming up, like we were in that portion of the season, but duly noted. It's okay. And then, of course, Mikey, I, don't, I didn't find anything. I, maybe well, I was just lazy for, this week, You're forgetting, though. I confused Brogdon and Bledsoe. Yeah, we did just, correct you. Just like I did with uh, Machado and Scope. So I'm good for that pretty often. It's just yeah. getting guys' names confused. Those are my corrections, fellas. All right. Let's go to the mail. We had uh, John from Menasha write in. He says, bed, wed, behead. There is another name for that. If some people aren't familiar with Bedwood, it's uh, Make Love. <laughs> wow. That's, I, was, uh, I was wondering how you're going to go with that one. <laughs> Marry, kill. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He says, sports edition, though. He wants to know where our heart is for each Wisconsin pro or college. So he's wondering if we're forced to choose just how we would rank right. the teams from Wisconsin. Why would you want to do that to us? I know that it's one's kind of tough because I mean it kind of changes year to year for me. It's yeah, like, but but it's like our children. I'd really have to. Well, and he had mentioned you really pick one. He had mentioned <laughs> yeah. Bed, I mean, no. And even if you even if you do, do you really want to tell the other one? Yeah. No, right. He mentioned bed, wed, behead. So I'm thinking he first thought of the pro teams like Packers, Bucks, Brewers. If you had to right. pick those, but if you include the Badgers, then are we or just Marquette? Gonna, yeah, are we going to get into we, just ranking them? What about the Admirals? Yeah, Ooh. we can get we could get deep. The I Wave? Would, I the think Wave. We'll, shout out to our we, buddy Nick. Do you think our, we should table this? I think, we, I think should, we do. I think we need to think about it. I haven't been able to think long enough about it. Yeah, we're going to have to give this some thought and really come up with uh, like a definitive rankings, I guess, how we feel now. So we'll we'll cover this next episode. But in the meantime, if anybody wants to... Uh, Right in with... Uh, they're in listener land. Yeah, out there in listener land, if you uh, want to write in and let us know what your rankings are, because I feel like I would assume one team stands out as most people's favorite, but you never know. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to help us out and you want to give your thoughts, I'm, we're, we're all ears, and, and you can reach us in the normal means. Um, you can go to our social media on facebook.com slash questionable to return. Um, you can also give us... Give some shout out on Twitter too at Q to Return. Let's do let's mix it up this time. I think Pete, you had a good idea. Let's do a little hashtag magic. Do hashtag QTR Sports Love and your pick on which team you would bed, wed, or behead. Do you want to make sweet love to the wave like our friend Nick? Let us know. <laughs> there you go. It's up to you. We'll be back Saturday with that.
so moving on to some news, some miscellaneous topics. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed the stark or sharp increase of sports talk radio stations popping up in the greater Milwaukee Metroplex and not and not crappy AM versions taking over popular FM radio stations to replace them with like sports content. So like iHeartRadio makes a bold move. I think it was today or maybe even yesterday what I think was their kickoff. Kicking off like an FM 97.3. It's like a now station. It's a popular hit station that kind of rivaled like Kiss FM if you're in the area. And deployed a 97.3 The Game, which kind of headlined Drew Olson. I think people know that name. Kind of in Milwaukee. He's pretty popular with sports writer and things like that. And I think that's the rumor where if you like Bob and Brian and Steve Zabin, I think that's kind of what the separation of that kind of yeah, you formed. Had, you had mentioned this last episode that it was rumored, so yeah, it is now official, right? Yeah, is I is the so. is the Zabin part official, or is just that Drew Olson is Drew Olson for sure? I heard him this morning. I kind of listened in a little bit. I tried to see if I could hear the Zabin part because I, I I heard a couple of reports that it's official. I just don't know what time. The segment's going to be, it wasn't at the 8 a.m. time that was on Bob and Brian, so I'm kind of wondering what that's going to be like and how that plays out. Yeah. Um, But then the 94.5 was a country station for a a while. They moved over to a different station, but that's where ESPN, so now ESPN Radio is on AM at 540 and 94.5, I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Do you think any of this has to do with the fact that there's a lot of buzz around Milwaukee sports right now? I mean. The Brewers just went to the NLCS, and Yelich was MVP. Now they're talking Giannis for MVP. The Bucks have a new arena. ton of buzz around them. It is kind of interesting that like, Milwaukee sports seems to be, it's booming. This has never happened in our lives. Yeah, 105.7 has been around for a while on FM, and I think... Didn't they change to the fan? When was that? Yeah, 105.7, yeah, 1250 AM. They switched to the fan 105.7, I believe. So it's but they've been around for a while. They those guys kind of have been driving me nuts lately, except for Chunk and Chuck Chunk, Chuck Chuck Chunk. You got Goonies on the mind. On you guys, my favorite movie ever. Yeah, Pete's got a Goonies tattoo. So Trouble sometimes doing. he just slips into Goonies. Oh, I'm talk. D- I just did the truffle shuffle. So so if you're not gonna do a singing part, can you do like the Cindy Lauper? <laughs> I don't know. Chunk and Sloth in the morning. Yeah, yeah there we go. So. Ch- Chuck and Winkler in the morning. I do, I do like I do like those guys still. Yeah, but I, I, like I actually was listening to ninety-seven-three on the way home, and they actually had it was called the crossover, right? And it had Ted Davis, Needles, and Mitch Nellis, and I, I really do like those guys, and would love Ted Davis, and he's pretty, <laughs> Ted he's Davis pretty is pretty awesome. He's pretty funny. I guess the only problem with those shows is like they talked about Robin Lopez being sideshow Bob, and they talked about Coolip and whipped cream. <laughs> And are they listening to our podcast? I know. We should like, come on. We really need to get the copyright disclaimer out on these. Seriously, yeah. I could not believe it. On my ride home, they, they mentioned stuff that we already talked about. Or at least give us a shout out. Yeah. So but that's all I heard on the way home. I didn't hear any sports. I just I heard a bunch secretly... of randomness that Ted Davis was talking to. Ted Davis is great. Yeah. So I'm kinda I'm kinda I'm kinda excited for fresh fresh voices on the yeah, radio. I, I love how passionate Ted Davis is. He gets so <laughs> upset over like the littlest things during Bucks games. Yeah, so I, I think it is kind of a part of like where I think Milwaukee's coming more of a tech destination and a kind of a melting pot from the Midwest as a destination. Foxconn is obviously coming here and some of that expansion. So I think it only makes sense, like you mentioned, the Bucks new arena and that kind of new investment by outside folks. 
I think it all makes sense that we become a little bit have a little bit bigger sports presence. So I enjoy it more sports. I like it. Yeah, about time Milwaukee had some good teams too. This is this is rare for us in our lifetimes. Definitely. And speaking of Milwaukee teams, Brewers, Kratz, they brought him back on a one-year deal, only three hundred thousand guaranteed. So it's the kind of thing, if if he struggles, they can always just ditch him. But I like bringing him back. Yeah, it's kind of interesting though. Like they still have what Pena as like as one one guy that they yeah. could still not or bring back. Uh, but it kind of brings up the rumor of JT Rimuto possibly That's coming true. to the Brewers. Do you sign Pena now, or do you just try to get Rimuto at the winter meetings? Like, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where he's a good hitting catcher that you kind of need. So when does arbitration meetings happen? Uh, I don't want to get corrected, so I'm asking it to That the, is a good question. Isn't it in spring? Or, like, I shouldn't say spring. Late winter? I believe so. I believe it's after the winter meetings. Yeah. So maybe that's why. I, I, so. I mean, I don't think I don't think the arbitration number is that going to be that drastically different than what he actually made last year for Pena. Very true. Yeah. So maybe they wait to see what they can do in winter meetings, and if it doesn't work out. Because Pena actually had a really good year, especially defensively. He actually was better than, like, Yadier Molina. Like, he had a better um, out percentage, I believe, than even him. Yeah, and I think you think of last year, and, and really, I don't believe a lot of moves happened at winter meetings last year. We had a lot of free agent signings happen almost right before the season or during the season, which a lot of guys, people don't want to pay guys anymore. So you had the Giancarlo Stanton, I believe, trade before winter meetings. So I, I'm not sure anything really gets done. Winter meetings used to be that, that yeah. big kickoff yeah, to, the, the, to big, the season, yeah, too. It wasn't the big pitcher moves. That was. I feel like the that whole idea during the winter meetings, they kind of froze out a lot of those big pitching names. Yeah, and um, until later in the season, like Pete mentioned, you get certain guy. Mustakis was someone who like did, he didn't sign until really late in the off season. Like the, the Royals just barely brought him back, which is some of the reason you know they were willing to just trade him to us as they had made a one year commitment. And Kratz is interesting. He hit he only hit two thirty six in the regular season, but he hit two ninety two in the postseason. He seemed to kind of get a little little shot of life getting his. Was that his first postseason taste ever? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. So yeah, I guess it doesn't hurt to have you know multiple catching options as of now because worst case is if we do cut him, we're not out much. I think he was a good shot of energy to the team, and and I like having some veteran leadership in the in the locker room. So especially the way he handled the pitching pitching staff, so it's almost like another coach out there. Yeah, and the Brewers they still have twelve players. That are arbitration eligible, which is a lot. Uh, Perez, Pena, Saladino, Santana, Scope, not Machado, <laughs> Shaw, Cedeno, Davies, Guerra, Jennings, Knable, and Nelson. Uh, do any of those guys jump out at you as being really important to bring back? Maybe even offer them a deal instead of arbitration? I would think even with Nelson's injury, I think you have to give him a deal. That's one guy that you've seen it before. I really want him back. Um, Knable, maybe you give him a deal. Really? He looked really good at the end of the season. Yeah, relief he was the pitchers, best reliever you never know. at the end of the season. So that's kind of tough there. I don't know, Shaw maybe. Yeah, I it, like There's Par- a couple guys in there that, that might be traded like a Santana. Yeah, I know. I like uh, Perez as like our super utility guy. Oh, yeah. I love Perez. Yeah. Perez 
Paris, Santana, Shaw, Knebel, Nelson, maybe. I think those would be the the guys you might offer something. Yeah, I think Santana and Davies might get something. I think they're gonna be, yeah, or Davies, they're gonna be, yeah. they're definitely gonna be part of trade rumors. Well, yeah, there's already been talk that the Brewers might be interested in Noah Syndergaard or Madison Bumgarner, and the the Brewers package could include Santana, Woodruff, Davies, and possibly more. That doesn't seem like all that much to give up, don't you think they would? Also have to throw in like Keston Hira, the top prospect, or yeah, I for me anything that involves Keston Hira, I don't want it to happen because the Brewers either. really need that second baseman, hating second baseman, yeah. and that's something that could help them even next season. Hero might be on this club next season, so I, I don't want a Shoop is Shoop will be fine if they can sign him, which I honestly don't think he's coming back. That's just my opinion, but I really do feel like they need to not include Keston in any of these trades, so the, which is something that, you know, he's he's made great trades in the past and not included some big top prospects. Yeah. So I think it's something that he can do so, if you want to make a trade. So I haven't seen the Madison Bumgarner rumor. I just, I, I saw, I heard about it, but I didn't see any of the details, but I do know like the Syndergaard one, the rumors has, like that has been like the rumor. So if, if you can sneak out and get Noah Syndergaard for Santana and Woodruff or a Santana and Davies and maybe somebody else and it's not, this hot prospect i'd jump on that all day right yeah you're kind of loaded in the outfield with broxton and hart and you kind of have these guys that can help you if braun needs a needs a break here and there you i mean you have yelich for a lot of years you have canes kane for a couple years so you're fine in the outfield where you have like a, a log jam there where santana is is expendable he spent some time down in down in triple a so yeah i would give up santana and rude rough uh, Woodruff, yeah, Woodruff, I would probably give up too for. I mean, Syndergaard's hell of a pitcher. How so. old is Syndergaard? I think he's twenty five. So I mean, going at maybe twenty six. He's yeah, he still has a few years of arbitration left because the other guy they were talking about trading was Degrom, but he's about twenty nine or thirty. Yeah, he's a little and I think older. he's only got one year of arbitration left. Yeah. So that's so, a key thing for the Brewers is getting guys in arbitration because it's easier to control them. Right. So that's something that, that helps them right. in their which, run right now. Which is something the Brewers always have to keep an eye on, not having unlimited resources. You can't be paying Pablo Sandoval $20 million to not be on your team or, yeah. or uh, handle their mirrors. But congrats, Red Sox. You did it. You won right. the World Series. Right. Before we like before we move on, one of the things I want to touch on was like the Travis Shaw piece. I think he's the one that actually is on pace or scheduled to make probably the most like pay increase. Like He's going to get... I think he made what five hundred grand, five hundred thousand this past year, and I think his arbitration number is going to be around five point five million. Yeah, which would make sense. He's had back to back thirty home run seasons, so yeah, he definitely jumps out as the guy probably most deserving of of a raise. I think he's worth it. I mean, his utility. Yeah, yeah he's turned into almost that Perez super utility now for some yeah, he, for some reason. He showed he played anywhere. Third base now, so so let's move on to talk a little bit about the NBA. Pete, what do you got for us for there? So the NBA power rankings were back out uh, early in the week, I believe, um, and the Bucks were two via NBA.com. Uh, interesting thing is the Raptors are one, and the Warriors are three. We play the Warriors next Friday and the Raptors next Sunday, which should be pretty, pretty fun games, uh, especially with the Warriors. Kind of, they're kind of still in limbo. What's going on there? Yeah. The the Draymond Green Durant thing hasn't completely gone away. Curry Curry maybe just came back, I believe. Yeah, he's back. I'd have to check on that. I haven't. Yeah, he's back. Okay. So yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. Um, 
But the Bucks did play two games this week. Uh, they lost against the Hornets at the Hornets, so another tough game against the Hornets. The, they fought back from 25 down in the third quarter but came up short. They lost 110 to 107. Uh, quick start was squandered early by sloppy play on defense for Giannis, forcing into triple teams. Connaughton and DiVincenzo brought the energy, hit some big shots late to get it back to, to like a one-shot game. But a uh, flurry of shots at the end of the game. Middleton was really oh. off that game. He had some wide-open threes. Middleton and... had, I believe, 13 misses in a row. Yeah, that was brutal. With that said, yeah. though, uh, when the Bucks were down three at the end of the game and they had the ball, did you want Middleton to take that shot? Now, what happened tonight might change your answer <laughs> from the yeah. other game. <laughs> but in that situation, do you guys always... I think I, it's like it's like with Ray Allen. I, I think I always want him to take that shot. I think he's your he's your shooter. He he just seems more likely to hit that shot. Other than you know you're not gonna have Giannis shoot the three, and I don't know if I really want Bledsoe shooting sometimes. Yeah, sometimes he's on like that night he was on, but I don't know. I I think I'm okay with Middleton fighting through. Yeah, even with him missing as many shots as he did in that game, I still was like, get the ball to Middleton. Right. Like, I still trust Middleton. in Because he's had moments throughout the last couple of years where he comes up with some really big shots. Yeah, he's had almost like, like half quarter sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's had some huge shots for them. But Giannis nearly triple-doubled in that game. Uh, the, the lack of depth that game, I think, showed as Connaughton was really the only guy who had major minutes off the bench that game. So they had some injuries. And, and, he, and he had the highlight dunk. Of the season so far? Going up and grabbing that one-handed and throwing it down. Showing, yeah, so where, where did this guy come off, from? Showing off is, what is it, NBA, or was it NBA Combine record 44, vertical? 44, 44 inch vertical? At the time. it's It's been broken, I, I think. But, right. but yeah, Marcus Johnson called him White Thunder. I like it. Tonight. So I think we have a new nickname for Connaughton. We have Splash oh. Mountain, White Thunder, Thon Maker, Shop Breaker, Heart. Heartbreaker, Heartbreaker ship. Ship. I can't even think of that one. You gotta go to the website and figure out. You can <laughs> look at the fan guide. Terms. Thon maker, shot taker, heartbreaker. Oh, there we go. Rim shaker. Oh. <laughs> Mic drop. So, but yeah, talking about yeah, white white thunder. I mean, Connaughton. Really, what do you guys think about him? They signed him really for a cheap deal. Uh, he's he's played in his fourth year. He's played with the Portland Trailblazers. He's kind of seen a jump in minutes last year with the Trailblazers. I'm so. kind of surprised, though, for playing with the Blazers for a few years that he never really seemed to flash like this. I don't know if he's just kind of a late bloomer that now in his mid-20s he's kind of figured it all out. But to see a guy like make some of the plays that he has right. and yeah. think, like, why was this guy not part of a rotation right. before? Yeah, he's, he's he was known as an uber athlete. He was drafted as a pitcher, actually, and he's like uh, he's known as a real go- good golfer too. And he played quarterback in high school, so he's mm-hmm. he's an extreme athlete. They were talking tonight about he his dad gave him a weight a weight vest, and he would just walk around <laughs> and sleep in it and do everything in it, and he could dunk when he was like eighth grade or something. So it's pretty insane uh, how much of a spark he's been. Beat off me the by bench. a year. <laughs> you guys just remember that with your kids uh you want them to excel at sports they're putting just weight put weight vests on them and, uh, yeah i don't know if we can do that now i heard a story about the uh if you remember travis diener he used to play for marquette mm-hmm. that his dad his dad was a hard yeah he used you know to what? uh 
he used to duct tape a ping pong paddle over their their kids' right hands, so they would have to learn to dribble left-handed. Yeah, wow. He'd make them practice that way. Yeah, he he built quite a dynasty powerhouse. Was it Fond du Lac or Rhinelander? I think it was. Yeah, I or maybe it was Fond. I'd have to look at someone. Uh, a former roommate of mine went to high school with the Deaners, so he had some stories. Well, he went to Notre Dame, right? Going back to Connaughton. Yeah, Con- Connaughton did. Yeah, he's a Notre Dame product. Yeah, last five games he's averaged uh, twenty-one minutes, seven points per game. But I think really what's mattered with him is the hustle. Like you just see it. Yeah, he's coming from behind, blocking guys. He's right. just saving balls all the time. You he's can see like the game seems the to huge be, dunks. Yeah, the game seems to be slowing down for him. So maybe that's just kind of part of just becoming a, more of a veteran and and being in the league for a little bit. It's starting to click a little bit more. Maybe getting with Coach Bud and then this team. Maybe he's just a guy that knows his role and place and kind of that like that spark off the bench. Yeah, he's just yeah he's been just a pretty solid under the radar signing yeah, real, for this team right now. Real one of the pleasant surprises of the season. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't even know who he was when we signed him and then now he's like, you know, part of the rotation. Yeah, I thought he was a rookie at first. <laughs> Sorry. I kind of remember him back in with Notre Dame actually that uh but I I didn't I didn't even know if he was in the league anymore so yeah, yeah that's that's true P- poor della vadova he he should be thunder from down under uh no <laughs> he i don't should know have, he should be the he should have the thunder nickname and no no now, deli now he can't crack i'm good rotation. he can buy his christmas trees and take his sweet pictures with his wife and wear his packers and buck stuff around town that's great he can be a coach on the bench i don't want to see him on what, the court what about that how about he's thunder from down under and Connaughton is white thunder and we play him together in the backcourt not no, a fa- not a no, fan I'm good that. with Brogdon and Bledsoe. All, right. <laughs> All right, fine. So they they played the Bulls tonight, which is Wednesday night. Uh, Giannis versus Jabari 2.0, which it was actually a pretty pretty solid matchup. Yeah, it was. It went down to the wire though, which was kind of disappointing. This game was close all the way. Brogdon was hot. He was six for six from three, but he passed up an open jumper at the end of the game. With five seconds left, passes it to Middleton, nails the three. Of course. Yeah. In the background, you can see my cousin going crazy. My oh, cousin nice. Luke. So oh, yeah? he was pretty pretty, pretty pumped about that. But anyway, Giannis had, nearly had a triple-double again. again I think we yeah. can just say this every night. Lopez hits his 300th three-pointer where uh, his brother doesn't hit a three-pointer. This was a, a fun game just from the sense of uh, – Jabari going after Giannis a couple times, yeah, and then, and then Giannis came back and answered with some. Oh, that one dunk! dunk. He just one dunk. He just looked at him and just mean mugged him, and then you could see Jabari once he turned around. Jabari just started laughing and smiling, like he just. It was pretty you, fun. Back you also had the uh, the Lopez brother, Robin Lopez, had a season high seventeen points going against uh, maybe facing Brooke brought out the best of him. Right. Yeah, he had some him. pretty sweet shots in the paint. Actually, it just like came out of nowhere, and, little hooks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys can talk about it a little bit more. Wouldn't you think playing against your, your sibling would, would bring a little bit out? Oh, yeah, definitely. Extra? And especially, you know, if you're twins and then you used to be teammates, there's got to be some motivation to, to stand out. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, though, one thing that's a little troubling watching these Bucks after tonight, they fell down double digits first quarter. That Give makes up 40. And gave up 40 in the first quarter, which they also did last time they played the Bulls. Just a week and a half ago that makes seven of eight games now for the Bucks, where they've fallen behind by double digits how concerned are you guys about this trend um 
I don't know if I'm too concerned right now. I know they started out seven and zero, and they're eight and six after that, but they're still leading in rebounds and points. Uh, they're first in offensive rating, sixth in defensive rating. I think the injuries to I think Henson's injury actually hurt their depth a lot more than we realize. He was really giving them good minutes off the bench, making making threes, but playing really great defense. I Ilyasova too. Ilyasova got injured. Divincenzo got injured injured too so those guys are back now so i feel like once it, you hit the normal minutes of these guys you don't see delhi and brown in there as much I, yeah. I feel like it'll it'll regulate some more but they do play a lot of good teams coming up so i guess we'll see next week they have detroit um washington and the raptors so next week will be a big test for them after after hopefully they can just route new york in in new york Giannis usually pretty dominates in, in madison square yeah. garden so i uh, I'm not too worried right now. Um, I know it's only a quarter of the way in the season, but they still are way up in rebounding from last year. They're they're up in assists from last year. Giannis is really making a difference. So, I I think I think give me a couple more weeks. Let's see what happens. Yeah, that's fair. I got a fun Giannis stat for you after yeah. the, after this discussion. No, uh, don't let me forget. I was just going to say, I mean, I'm glad that they, you know, I had said before I want to see them be able to come back and win. Like, okay, Bucks, I get it. You can do it every <laughs> right. night. It's they nice. heard you. They're <laughs> like, we'll show you every night, Mike, yeah. how we can do this. It's nice that they're pulling these games out, but I, I don't want them to get in that habit of, you know, having to come back every single time because against some of the better teams, that's not going to happen. And also the Bucks have had a home heavy schedule so far i think they played five more games at home than on the road so especially on the road i think it's it's gonna be a lot tougher to come back if you find yourself down double digits yeah as we saw against the hornets they were down 20 25 right yeah 25. so they were down 25 and it, it took them three quarters to come back in that game it was yeah, tough that right. i mean the hornets are not that, a bad team no they, their Walker's record really they well. they were losing a lot of close games so that was a really frustrating game, just yeah. how many shots the Bucks missed at the end that looked oh, like they were right. going in, and then Tony Parker came up with like three possessions. He just turned in a five years vintage ago. Vintage Tony, Tony Parker, Parker was like, uh, made us pay for the misses. <laughs> Definitely. But what's I, think, your... I think some, like, some of those those games are going to happen. Uh, they went on like, like a shooting drought, too, like you mentioned. Like, we shoot The way we shoot and the amount of threes we throw out, like you're gonna you're gonna have those games, and there's gonna be those periods where you you just run cold, and it's just gonna happen. And even if you talk about defense, like they still only gave up 107, which especially with this NBA this year, with scoring being up, I, I think that that's not terrible. We just didn't score our normal 125 or whatever right. we're averaging on the differential is still like 11 on the year. So yeah. But one thing that you think of shooting-wise is Giannis is shooting like 75% within five feet and under. Right. <laughs> And there was a stat tonight that he, going into the Bulls game, has had 42 unassisted dunks, That's, which is driving by himself. The next is Embiid with 14. That's insane. That's, That's crazy. Kind of like we, we had talked about yesterday. Is Giannis the best dunker of all time? Best at getting dunks? All right. He so might be. This is an excellent segue. This, <laughs> yeah, okay. this is like the stat I was going to, I was right. kind of like hinting to. So I, I read an article on the ringer to, today. I think it was uh, published Monday, I want to say. Um, so all the stats were based on the games through Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So they're talking a little bit about, um, it was like the article was like the new king at the rim. And they kind of talk about how LeBron was pretty much been the, the gold standard for 
um, shots and points in the restricted area. And they kind of talked about how he's never been like LeBron's never been lower than six, but they, there's a new challenger or new new person on the block, which is Giannis, right? So Giannis has been shortly behind him. I think he was number two last year. I think maybe two the year before and three his rookie season, um, which is pretty impressive. But LeBron's not only gonna he's leading the league right now at 155 already so far in the season. The next closest person is uh, Clint Capella with 122. And then LeBron is 44 or something behind that even. So I guess what's kind of crazy is LeBron's on a, such a crazy pace that he's going to now he's, – he's on pace to shatter the NBA record, which Shaquille, I think, hold, held from like the 2003 season or something like that. Mm. So he's on pace to crush that point to, points in the restricted area, which I think is crazy. Because if you look – because that's when you kind of talk about it and like his percentage in that area, he can just do incredible things. I think he's averaging like 20 points in the paint. And well, it's so often that he gets like he gets dunks when you're not even expecting. Like he's just driving and it looks like someone's playing good defense. Yeah, it's and not even just fair. Yeah, and then he just dunks on them. Like, whoa, how did yeah, yeah. that happen? But he was one of the best finishers last year. I think he was the best finisher at the at the rim last year, and he's doing the same this year, but this year you you he gets that close and you're like, oh, he's gonna make it. Like he doesn't miss. And it's pretty it's it's amazing. Yeah, like you said, how he just dunks over anybody. Yeah. Doesn't matter how tall you are, I'm gonna dunk over you. He did it over Lopez a couple of times. Right, but you talk about like, and, and you used to finishers like that, like the, the LeBrons of the world and, and things like that. And before Shaquille, but let's say LeBron, he would be so aggressive and get to the to the rim, but he used to like what, six seventh ish? Six six eight, yeah. Six eight. Yeah. So you still have a chance to go up and block that. I mean, you have Giannis who's coming in at like seven feet. It's like impossible. On a, on a full on a full run, he can like start at the three point line yeah. and, and on one dribble be at the hoop. Like, what do you do? Like, anytime he's blocked, he's fouled. Right. Like, there's nothing you can do. Like, there's absolutely there's literally nothing. If he wants to get to the paint, there's literally nothing you can do. Either either you're gonna posterize you or you're gonna follow him. Like, yeah, those are the only option. He's really getting a lot smarter at the hoop too, where he's he's not blowing through people. He's doing yes. that euro step, yes. and now people right. know that he can do that euro step. So you have to actually guard him. You can't just right. stand in front of him, and that's you can't guard him. You can't guard him one on one. You can't have guys in the paint because then he passes it outside. Because how they built this team is just so impressive. With Lopez being that five stretch guy, you can't, who do you guard? Like right. who do you guard on this team? It's just set up so perfectly. Bledsoe's bought into it. Brogdon has played awesome this year, I think. Yeah. And now it's he, just and it's he's, just he's pretty amazing. In, like, so now like the the NBA's kind of gotten used to him just going aggressively up and now he's got the up and under move. It's <laughs> so yeah. just like what do you even do? I don't know. He does something every night that just amazes me. He's a yeah. he's a halfway decent good if he was halfway decent at free throw shooting or, or became halfway decent at free throw shooting, he'd be a 30 plus point per game player. Yeah. I mean, he's serviceable now, free throw wise. Yeah, I think he is getting better and better. Is the hair under sixty? Oh, is it? The, is oh, it, is it that it, low? I think so. I know he uh, shoots a lot. I know in the past Maybe he's better now because I think he had a, he had a pretty good run over the last couple of weeks. I'm sure that'll be a correction at some point. Unless somebody wants to look it up now to save me the embarrassment from Rex. I'll look it up. Right it now. looks like he's shooting 68.3 percent now. Oh, man, His career wise, he's 74.1. Yeah, I know he's this year's been an outlier. Yeah, because in the past he had you know been kind of 75 percent. Yeah, about which is, yeah 76, 77. So he is actually lower. Yeah, he is down this year, which you know. Bring that up because he's going. But he's he is an uptick so, in, in in amounts he's uh, the amount he is sure. shooting tonight. So. so let's say he shares that up. Let's say 
come end January, Feb. I see. I could see him going on some big runs come March, like where he gets up to that. I, I think he has a good March. Let's say, let's say late February, March. I wouldn't be surprised if he has like NBA Player of the Month and he's averaging over thirty points a game, yeah, twelve and, boards, and, and if he can get whatever. just some also three pointers to fall because he's shooting twelve and a half percent now. <laughs> if he's making a, a few more threes and yeah, a couple more free throws, he could easily be a thirty point per game guy. So moving on, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Um, I think a few weeks ago, uh, the the 25 finalists for the 2019 Hall of Fame um, were announced. Um, so for those of you who may not know, a, kind of a little bit of how it goes, the selection committee meets on Selection Saturday, they call it. It's the day before the Super Bowl. And there's no real set number of how many in Chinese, which I didn't know that. I thought there was kind of a set number that they kind of are supposed to decide between. There's no actual rule about it, but... They do stipulate that they should be enshrining between four to eight members, which I think is a big, it's a big gap between oh let's right. do four this year versus eight. Um, but they're scrutinized and they must receive at least eighty percent of the vote for approval um, before they can actually be elected into the Hall of Fame. So with that being said, I don't necessarily I don't think I need to read through the twenty five. Um, yeah. It's a long list. So a couple ones I just want to point out just for for Wisconsin's sake. Um, Leroy Butler's on there. He's a, this is the second time um, being a finalist, and Clay Matthews' dad is back again for his third attempt. So, so those are the Wisconsin shoutouts. Just so everybody knows, too, the final five from last year who were not voted in were Baselli, Fanica, Hutchinson, Law, and Mount Maui, Maui. Maui. I can't think of it. Maui. Maui. There you go. Mostly linemen. So. Yeah. Law is a safety. So what we kind of want to do is similar to how we kind of did the mailbag request from Sam was kind of go around and see, pick our four, top four that we think should make it. So who wants to go first? I went first last time, so I would not like to go first. I'll go first at number four. Well, first I just, I'll say the way I thought about this was, I looked at a player, did I consider them the best at their position? Which, yes. <laughs> Obviously, that Obviously should, a that lot should, of these that are, that are should the be best. a yes. yes. And then I also thought, how long did that last? Like, how long were they in the conversation? Like prime kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, for being considered, at least in the conversation, of best player in the league at their position. So that's kind of how I thought about this. And obviously there's recency biased. It's a lot easier to judge players we saw. But right, my, right. my number four is Champ Bailey. Okay. He's my number three. He's my number three also. Oh, interesting. Three. So we all had him. So what are some of your reasons why? So I, I'll go, I'll get mine out of the way because I don't have any like real stat on him. It was more of like a gut feel. Like his name always came up. Um, Played with the Redskins and the Broncos. I remember more with the Broncos than I do the Redskins. Yeah, there was a weird they, trade. They traded Clinton Portis, Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey straight up. That was a weird trade back then during the trade yeah. deadline, but now trade deadline trades happen all the time. Yeah, so, so I remember being incredible with the Redskins, but I really remember him more as a Denver Broncos. So I'm really interested to see what he'd actually go into the Hall of Fame as if he was elected. Um, but he was just a really good lockdown corner for a really yeah. long time. So I think you guys will actually have true stats for that, so I'll let you guys roll. I think... You you want to go? Go ahead, Mike. Sure. Uh, I guess he has 52 interceptions. That's 26 all time. His standout seasons: 2005, he had eight interceptions, and 2006, he had 10. 
Yeah, so 18, he, that's what I So he had, yeah, 18 over those two seasons. That's incredible. And he made 12 Pro Bowls. That's the most ever for a defensive back. And then he's three-time uh, first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. So so I, I got one little tidbit, too, from that 05-06 season. He uh, had one pick, one memorable pick in the divisional series, divisional round against Tom Brady, where it was returned 99 yards. It wasn't a touchdown. So oh, Ben Watson ran that's him down right, the famous. and hit the ball out back of the end zone. And didn't go one for a rule, touchback? One rule we'd love to not have probably in the NFL. But, yeah, yeah went for a touchback. 99-yard return, not yeah. touchdown. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a famous hustle play of chasing him all the but way But, yeah, down. just to reiterate, I mean, he's man-to-man. Billy did play man-to-man. He was he could make up ground quickly if beaten and make plays across the field easily. Right. So I think, I yeah. think, yeah, I think he's easily a good vote. I think he's one of the first like big name shutdown corners that kind of, kind of revolutionized that, that aura of being that role in a cornerback position. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. He kind of took the torch from Sanders and Daryl green, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good pulls. Yes. Sanders and green. And then kind of, the next generation, he seemed to be the headline shutdown I, corner. I think they were all teammates with the Redskins, if I remember right. Ooh, Green. We'll have to Green. check that out. We'll yeah, Daryl Green. Green did play till he was 40. I want to say Green was wild there. too. I, I thought Daryl Green was there till what, 2000? Oh, he, he well, played he was, till he was like Champ 40. Bailey was 99 to 2003 with the Redskins. Right, so, so I think Champ Bailey. So that would Champ be. Bailey. I think Daryl Green was there till 2000. Yeah. So they would have overlapped. We'll have to check on Sanders though. Anyway, look into that. All right, so next up, that was my number four, but you guys had number three. So who's your number four? All right, my I'll go. My number four is it might be a wild card for all you guys, but I have Zach Thomas. Oh, I interesting. Have him as my number four as well. You gotta be kidding oh, me! Oh, you two always think so, alike on so, these things. So my interesting thing with number four was is I I at first I kind of wanted to do Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, and then the more I thought about it, as a Packer fan, I couldn't do it. <laughs> right, oh, right. Did not I do it. You. Good call. And not only that, I was just like, it was more of a again recency bias. He wasn't in the league very long. He didn't do all that well in Miami, and he wasn't in Dallas for very long. He had the two Super Bowls that I remember. So it's more like I, I felt like he was a really good coach for a really long time, but his career wasn't that long. Yeah. So I think Tom Flores is actually a better coach if you want to induct a coach. And then Mike Shanahan should go, I think, before him. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson might be more famous than he is actually accomplished as a coach. And he's, so I think he's, he's a really good coach. I think yeah. he's, really, he's, really, he's a fantastic coach. I think he's really good at what he did with Miami and then and coming right into the NFL and turning around a kind of a down-in-the-dumps Cowboys franchise right. um, back to prominence. But, again, Packer fan can't vote for him. I also agree with Zach Thomas to go. Okay, so there's only 29 linebackers in Canton, um, and only one had more tackles than Zach Thomas. Can you, can you guys guess? I already have that stat. So, well, can you guess, Mike? Only one. Only one has more tackles than Zach Thomas in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 29 linebackers in Canton. Is it someone who played very recently? Mm, kind of. I was going to that. I was going to guess Erlacher, wasn't he just in? So it is an Erlacher. No. Interesting you say that though. It's actually Ray Lewis. Oh, yes, of so course. Erlacher, but Erlacher, I have some stats on Erlacher and him cuz Erlacher was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Where where yeah. Zach Thomas, I believe 3 or 4 years, don't have that exactly that he's been 
up for a Hall of Fame. So it's kind so, of a shame that he hasn't been, I think, elected. Because well, Junior Seau was ahead of him, too. Oh, okay. So there's two. There's two. So I guess I had that wrong. Sorry. So anyway, Thomas and Erlacher both had 13-year careers. Um, Erlacher made eight Pro Bowls. Thomas made seven. Thomas was first team all pro five times. Erlacher was four. Both scored four defen- t- defensive touchdowns. Erlacher's career approximate va- value, defensive value was 150 to Thomas's 149. So very close there. Nearly identical career games. Thomas had 1,700 tackles. Erlacher had 1,300, 22% fewer. Erlacher was 6'4. Thomas was 5'10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy has been forever fighting for respect and right. now he is actually still fighting he's played Rudy. 12 seasons with the dolphins Rudy. Rudy. I mean, and 20 20 and a half sacks 16 forced fumbles i mean i can go on and on i really believe zach thomas i root for the little guy and it's something that i think he should be in so that, that, those are interesting kind of stats how so, so erlacher is a first ballot guy but thomas isn't and thomas is arguably better than him i would think so here's my add up to, to pile on to, to Pete's arguments. So my thought was is like he's the he's NFL's like real life Fred Flintstone. Like he looks like Fred Flintstone. Yeah. yeah. Like he has no neck. Yeah. And he's like he's a he's a short guy. And by most scout, like scouts, they said he was too short to play in the NFL. He would never yeah. make it and things mm-hmm. like that. Um Jimmy Johnson actually picked him in the ninety six draft, like in the fifth round. Um but Jimmy Johnson didn't have a whole lot of faith in him that he actually signed Jack Del Rio. Uh, that season to kind of play for him, and he was such a standout in camp that they outright waived Jack Del Rio, and he became the starter as a as a rookie. And I think um, the kind of what the play that I kind of read on that it kind of epitomized what Zach Thomas was is the first game of his pro career. So he's a rookie starting for the Dolphins. First play knocks out of the game the New England Patriots uh, wide receiver, Sean Jefferson. And it just like, he just had amazing hits all throughout his career. I think he played like you'd want your players to go out. He's all heart, gave everything, left it all on the field. Um, good teammate, good all pro. As we mentioned, over 1,700 um, combined tackles. He had over um, 1,100 like solo tackles, which is ranked 21, I think overall. Um, and then kind of the stat that we were kind of talking about until Junior Seau was inducted in 2015. Thomas had more tackles than any player in the Hall of Fame. And then Ray Lewis obviously came last year. So I think he goes – I think he should go in. But I think the argument of, with him also with Urlacher is like Urlacher got to the Super Bowl. He never got to. It's kind of like the Dan Marino of the defense. Like yeah, that, very kind true. Of goes yeah, to die in Miami. I think it's just a uh, shame that a guy who arguably is, was a better player just isn't in there yet i think the bears were just known for their defense for like a decade and erlacher was a face of that that's probably why like on top of the stats he was a pretty maybe even just more well known by everyone or at least more on their radar maybe so there we go but that's on board again with number four so we kind of have our three and four done well, I have my. I have so a who's different. Yours? I, have I have a, a different, different four. I have yeah. a different number three. There you go. Oh, three. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I have Kevin Mawai 
All right. All right. Let's hear that one. Yeah. Well, he was a finalist uh, last year, but didn't get voted in. He He's been a finalist several times. So what's interesting about him is when I was thinking about this, you know, of was this person the best at their position? He had a stretch where he was probably the best center in football for about seven or eight years. And that's what kind of made me look into uh, some of his stats a little more. He started out with Seattle as a guard. And then they moved him to center, and he left, signed with the Jets, and then his career took off with the Jets. He uh, he made eight Pro Bowls, seven-time first-team All-Pro, seven years in a row. He was the first-team All-Pro center, and one year after that, he was the second team. So he had an eight-year stretch where he was probably the best center in football, and doesn't seem like centers maybe just o-linemen in general but it doesn't seem like centers get a lot of recognition even when it comes up for hall of fame voting it's like left tackles yeah it's the, the money position so to right. say protects and, the quarterback the most yeah and so kevin mawai played with the jets from 1998 to 2005 now there's another hall of famer who was on the jets from that time and he guesses I'm drawing a blank right now. So Kevin Mawai was blocking that whole time for Curtis Martin. Right. right. Curtis Martin is fifth all time in rushing yards. He was a surefire Hall of Famer. I think Kevin Mawai deserves some credit for his success. Uh, I think Kevin Mawai, shout out to centers, give them some love and put a guy. Protected Chad Pennington. Yeah. Hey, I love Champ Pennington. If you were the best center in the league for close to a decade, you know, maybe that makes you Hall of Fame worthy. True. Yeah. I like that pick. Yeah. It's hard to pick Lyman, but that's you got some good reasons there. I mean, Curtis Martin was one of the best ever. Yeah. So I originally looked at it like Tony Baselli as as a potential like pick for me. And then I just I just couldn't get over his basically six year career. Yeah. I mean he he got injured. I think the injuries piled up pretty quickly, but he was he was an elite tackle. Pretty much right out of college, but I, I I can't. It's hard. I don't think he revolutionized the position. Like he's not. Yeah. He's good, but you're right. Like that's where I kind of looked at some of the other. Um, yeah. Like how long? Like even was Fanica, he? I liked him better than like Boselli, and then you're you're pulling more. I think is good too. So I'm guessing we all have the same top two. Yeah. One one honorable mention, actually, Clay Matthew Senior. Yeah, linebacker is really actually a hard one to pick. There's a lot he, of good linebackers that are up. He, he's still he's still seventh overall in tackles. Yeah, he played a long time. Right. Yeah, definitely. So he's, I just want to throw that out there too. Seventy eight to ninety six. Wow. So yeah, that's amazing. Number one and two are not Butler, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. No. As much as I want Butler to be in there, he was a great player in his time. <laughs> I'm pretty positive we all have the same number one and two. The only this thing that'd be a, interesting. This is a really loaded safety Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah, I, it's getting tough for him. Even though. Atwater, I think, was almost the better. Yeah, better pick. I guess there were close. But... The only uh, question is if we flip flopped on who's one and who's two at all. Not that it really matters. My two is a my two is Tony Gonzalez. Okay, I that's, had him number one. That's my two is Tony Gonzalez. Okay, so you guys both. So, have, do, so we can we can do a rundown. Do you want me to do a rundown on my Tony Gonzalez? Sure. So he's amazing. So I think he was one of the first to kind of come in the league as that athletic tight end that was the the, the dual threat the basketball yeah. converted Remember over dunking to, on the goalpost. Yes, right. I think he kind of paved the way for like the Antonio Gates. Um, of the world 
Um, but he retired in 27, or 2013 with 17 pro seasons, so he had a, a ridiculous career. Drafted 13 overall by the Chiefs in 97. So I think the the highlights that I want to kind of pass along about him. First off, he was traded to the Packers. Oh, wait, no, he wasn't. He should have oh, been. Yeah. Oh, okay. that would have been amazing. The oh. Chiefs GM Let's not bring that up a, again. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so he's he has 1,325 receptions, which is second overall to a wide receiver. Anybody know the name? Mr. Rice? Jerry freaking Rice. That is crazy. He's second in receptions all time. As a tight end. So basically, he completely transformed that position. You know, like the the tight ends that would just, once in a while, they catch a touchdown within five yards, or they're just blocking for running backs. It was pretty much what you lined up as a tight end to do. Like Ed West. And he completely... Good pull. Completely changed that around. Right. Um. He's top 10 all time in receiving touchdowns, receptions, and receiving yards. So he, as a tight end position, he's in the top 10 for all those key metrics. That's my poll for. Yeah, for he even ranks top 10 among wide receivers. And, in, in, well, of course, the receptions and yards, too. So yeah, it's kind of in crazy. Yeah, so top 10 overall for all receivers. Yes. 14 Pro Bowls. And the thing I find crazy, too, is he played till he was 37. He was still really good at age 37. Like he didn't retire because he his performance had dropped off at all. I think he just maybe was just, you know, body beat up or whatever, but he was still like one of the best tight ends in football. It was at like the it, end. it's like him and the counterpart was like I think it was like Jason Taylor. Like they felt like they're almost like the same guy but on opposite ends of the field. So the Definitely, Jason, yeah. Jason Taylor being a defensive end yeah. and then now you have Tony Gonzalez playing tight end. They seem like the same player they played forever and they're both still in like so phenomenal elite. shape and yeah. still played great. Probably could play now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think yeah, he's a surefire like first ballot, no question. And the other guy who is of course Ed Reed. So my number one, Ed Reed. Yeah. Probably the best safety to date. I would think. Uh, yeah, he I can't think of another one. It's yeah, it's hard for me to think of anyone else, especially since we've been watching football. I think he's clearly the guy yeah in 2004 i have that he he didn't win mvp but he won defensive player of the year that year he dominated for a mediocre ravens team he picked off nine balls but had 358 return yards yeah and he led he yeah, has like a, a career the career figure is like 1500 over 1500 yeah, yards 1600. most, most all time. time yeah most all time for interceptions so i mean he's He's won a Super Bowl ring, and I don't know, just everything that he just brought the whole package. He could hit, he could cover, he could do anything on the field, and he was just yeah, he fun was, to watch. He's the only safety to lead the NFL interceptions for for three like three times. He also like you talk about again like if you want to go on the staple of revolutionizing a position or revolutionizing the NFL, like he's a staple of that as well. Because again, I think one of the interesting things. I'm, as you guys have probably seen, like I'm a big fan of like watching those like inside episodes. So it's like a football life or yeah. whatever else. So the Belichick one and they have the meeting room where it was him and Brady talking about it. And you could hear the way they were talking about Ed Reed. It's like, all we have to do is like, we have to watch Ed Reed. The play has to come off. Ed yeah. Reed. Whatever Ed Reed does, we need to account for it. I'm going to have to look him off or whatever else, but he's still going to pick me off twice. And I think he ended up picking off Brady like once, at least once in that game. It's just mm. interesting. Like, Offensive coordinators, quarterbacks, that whole offensive scheme had to game for one person. Yeah. You're a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he had uh, 12 multi-interception games, uh, which is the most ever. Uh, he's tied for the most playoff interceptions ever with nine. 
I do remember him picking off uh, Kaepernick in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it all it all speaks for itself. He's one of the best ever. Remember the uh, he was such a so good at like returning interceptions. Remember even when the Ravens someone else would like get a fumble recovery. They pitch it to S- him. Suggs used to always look to yeah. Right. Where's Reed and try to get pitch him the ball back. We well, was like instant offense essentially on defense. So it's like as soon as like the the and that was such a great defense that they turned the ball yeah. over so much. Like it was like the Trent Dilfer years and, and whatever else that they got. Yeah, and early in his career too, they used him as a punt returner because he was yeah he was just so explosive with the ball in his hands. And definitely. maybe it was the McNair years. I don't want to get corrected on that. But All right. Either way, either way, less than stellar offensive play. I guess like they did have a decent offensive showing with with Jamal Lewis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but other than that, I mean, yeah, for the most part, their, their defense was their offense, and he was he was by far probably their best player, which is amazing coming from a team that had Ray Lewis. Yeah, oh yeah. man, I wish I had both those players on my team forever. Oh. Keep those guys in the prime forever, yeah, right? Definitely. So, but yeah, looking towards like next year, I think Troy Polamalu was is one that's going to pop up in the Hall of Fame, probably a first ballot guy. I still don't think Troy was better than Ed Reed. No, I no. definitely I, – I prefer Ed Reed so for sure. I, I don't think anybody's beat – Collins might have beat him if he would have stayed healthy. Yeah. He, that could have – that's hard. one guy that you just but yeah, they never know. Similar to personality, anyway. but they're both ball-hawking safeties. Yeah, like, yeah. Just the idea where they, but he could they hit just make too. plays. Man, he was fun to watch. Oh, yeah, I loved – loved Nick Collins. Good picks, guys. Reed. Yeah, good stuff. So some of the other ones I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. So – um Definitely reach out to us. Same thing as before. Reach out to our social media, facebook.com slash questionable to return. And our Twitter, Q to return. Let us know what you think the top four Hall of Famers yeah. should be. Who did we leave out? I want to hear some arguments for Tell us why Butler deserves to be an overhead. Right? Yeah, I, w- I wanted to be a homer, but I couldn't do it. So moving on a little bit, I want to. I want to briefly touch on Packers. We won't want to get you out of guys out of here pretty quickly here, but we wanted to quickly address like the elephant in the room. Um, what was kind of interesting came out, I think yesterday or maybe uh, the day before was the odd shark updated their uh, Vegas odds for who's the next coach to be fired and who's number one on the list now. McCarthy. Mike unfortunately. Freaking McCarthy. Who's number two. Todd Bowles. Hmm. Jets. I'm sure the Arizona guy's on there. Yep, number three. So that's that's a matchup between fired coaches on Sunday. Yeah, that's one of those. Uh, Packers win- favored winner. by 14 somehow. Which is crazy. I can't believe that. Winner keeps his job for maybe another week. Yeah. Rodgers has a sweet mustache now. Maybe that'll help him. Yeah, so the, <laughs> the, the whole thing, and now he has that porn stash now. Uh, anyway. So I don't want to be all negative, so we talk a lot about it. I know the seat's hot. For McCarthy, dumpster fire in the background. Yeah. Pete made a nice graphic about that. <laughs> Let's try to pick it up a little bit. What's one positive? I have one that I want to I, – I have, but I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. What's one positive you have on the season? So I think there's positives about the defense. Some of the young guys, I feel like several guys have had very solid performances on D that I might not have expected. Kyler Fackrell's probably – number one on that list uh Jair Alexander I think has shown flashes of looking like a really elite cornerback uh Blake Martinez continues to be solid and Kenny Clark's had like a Pro Bowl kind of season so 
the positives I would say is I think the defense has potential to be really good in the future. Yeah, kind of to piggyback off that, I really think the rookies as a whole, I mean, just giving them time is a positive. Yeah. Not necessarily like, sure, some guys might, like Jackson, maybe not having a great year yet, but like MVS, St. Brown, those guys getting the the major minutes right. and time out in the field and playing time is going to make a big difference their sophomore season. But yeah, like you said, the the defense is a good one cuz even you think of King when he's in there. Yeah. He looks amazing too to me. So, yeah, the defense, but I really think those just the major minutes our rookies are getting is going to make a huge difference next year's in our depth wise because that's one thing we're lacking right now so i really i really feel like st brown mvs i'm I'm not too worried at wide receiver as we got rid of jordy i'm not too worried now so this is pretty crazy because i kind of sprung this on you guys like right before we kind of went on and what is i think is interesting is is i'll read through mine but my big highlight was the youth movement so we kind of all talk about yeah the young players getting time and things like that but this is the breakdown that i wanted to kind of share so i agree with all you guys that watching this team kind of go through the youth piece and getting them real minutes and getting real experience is going to be huge but as a fundamental piece to our team Devonta adams 25 blake martinez 24 aaron jones 24 mbs 24 tanyan 24 kevin king 23 kenny clark 23 Orin burks 23 jamal williams 23 josh jackson 22 equinia st brown 22 and jair exelander 21 so if you but, can't be excited about that you're elite. What, I don't know. You can't be a Packer fan, I guess. <laughs> you have a a Hall of Fame quarterback who's still probably got about four or five years left on him, and other key fundamental positions. Everybody's under twenty five, twenty five or under. You gotta love the potential outlook or, right, or, or future. Because we've been banking on veterans to step up the last couple of years that just haven't come through, like Clay Matthews. Nick Perry. Daniels to, to a Daniels. little bit this year. Daniels, unfortunately, has been banged up. But now we do have more more youth than we've probably had in a while of, of really getting these guys serious reps. So I think there's some reasons to be optimistic. And you got to think this next year we have two picks in the first round. <laughs> Last time we had two picks in the first round was Raji and Clay Matthews, right? Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see if we can make get two big time play because those guys were playmakers on that super bowl team so we'll have picks like 12 and 32 probably right right. (laughs) never know i'm drinking the kool-aid after you after you talking about those guys like that i think i'm drinking the green and go kool-aid make the playoffs we still have a chance guys (laughs) come on four out of five need to happen right you post we posted this graphic on our facebook page so we still have a chance come on no i don't want it to happen maybe (laughs) i can't give up though i still have to cheer for my team I can't. I can't fully give in like Mike has to uh, losing. I'll, I still we'll, don't like it. We'll talk about this on Saturday. I'll convince you All to right. just be a mis- okay. miserable cynic like me. There we go. We'll tease yeah. that. So, we'll tease so, that. so as our preview for the for the Sunday game, we'll talk a little bit more about that playoff picture that kind of Pete mentioned. Um, just in closing, get you guys out of here. We want to make sure you contribute. So tell us who you, who we thought or who you guys think who should be in the Hall of Fame and who we missed. Also, make sure you uh, contribute to who. Which one of the Wisconsin teams steal your heart? One night stand, and which one you don't really want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Other than that, keep the questions, mailbags coming. Uh, we appreciate the input. We love giving you guys a chance to get on the air with us. Um, so you can do that by reaching out on our mailbag and our website, questionable to return.com slash mailbag. 
Um, you can hit us up on the social media platforms, facebook.com slash questionable to return. Cue to return on Twitter. You can reach me at Andy Nineman. You can reach me at Mike R. Daly. At P. Cozy Jr. All Twitter. So keep up the five-star reviews. Keep sharing us. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys Saturday. Goodbye, everyone. See ya. Adios.